Welcome to the Um Yeah Sports Podcast with John and Chris, where it's unapologetically just about the sports. We're glad you joined us. Let's jump right in. It is the June 3rd episode of the Um Yeah Sports Podcast. It's yet another Friday edition of the show. We love Fridays here at Um Yeah Sports. Uh, as we're one game into the NBA Finals, Golden State, Boston, going at it. I'm Chris, and with me always is John. Hey, listeners, thank you for tuning in. If you haven't done so already, you can help us out by subscribing and sharing the show with your sports-loving friends and family. And if you're sick of supporting big corporate websites that are sports sites like ESPN, CBS, Sportsline, and the like... We offer you umyasports.com as a place where you can go each and every day and get the latest sports news and information curated for you from around the web uh, and brought to you into one nice little package free from ads, free of charge. You can't go wrong. Head over to umyasports.com and check it out. All right, with that out of the way, let's jump straight away into today's episode. Uh, as I mentioned, we are in the NBA Finals for this uh, this season, it's the Golden State Warriors against the Bolton, the Bolton, Bolton. the Boston, <laughs> the Boston Celtics. Uh, we are, uh, like I said, one game in, and that was uh, quite a game. Yeah, it was entertaining. It really turned out to be different uh, than I expected it to. As uh, first of all, going into the game, because uh, I thought Golden State was going to be pretty unstoppable, but then to see them uh, get that lead and then have that lead erased by the uh, the Celtics is something. So let's talk about. It a little bit yeah it was an entertaining game to watch because right out of the gate um the uh Stephen curry was you know knocked down the first like six threes and really had no problem with it uh but one thing i want to mention is i don't know if i predicted on the podcast but i predict celtics in seven i think i mentioned okay that, just all right so you think we're going seven games and the celtics are gonna win yeah and i i know that you had that that uh before correct last before night's game happened. Yeah. Um, so I'm not just bandwagon here. No. But uh, I think... No, you've been on the Boston train... For a while. ...since the beginning of the season. No, before that. Yeah. I mean, I've been following the Celtics. Well, before. I'm just saying, like, in terms of how they're going to play this year, even, you know, as they started to sort of get some energy, um, and it's been a little up and down through the regular oh, yeah. season. Um, but uh, I think, really, when you look at the series uh, as a whole and what you could expect, I think a lot of people are caught up in the the goal of the state's ability to hit threes and hit them well and hit them efficiently and not caught up in the fact that the Celtics are a great defensive team. And we know uh, it from just watching basketball and all the, you know, all the years that it's been around that no team could consistently play for 48 minutes and just knock down threes. They're going to have to get into the paint. They're going to have to drive and they're going to have to score you getting two points. They're not going to really just hit threes the entire time. That's the case for this series, and especially for this game one, because Curry came out of the gate swing and knocked down a lot of his shots and, you know, was kind of lighting up the court and gave everyone the impression that Golden State's just going to run away with this series. But then as the game went along, the Celtics also started playing their breed of basketball. At the beginning of the game, when that lead started to happen, the reason it happened is because the Celtics, A, were struggling defensively from the beginning. B, they were trying to play and match the t intensity of the Golden State Warriors. They were also trying to knock down a ton of threes and play that style of basketball, which is not normally their breed of basketball. And it wasn't until Jalen Brown, Derek White, Al Horford picked up the you know the, the most of the load for Jason Tatum, who was really struggling but was able to get assists, which is huge, 
and, and that's what they started to turn around for him. But as the series goes along, I believe this game one means nothing as far as the actual implications that it's going to have for the rest of the series, other than the win in the win column to get those last, th- you know, they only have to win three more to get the rest of the series. But now you have six more games if you're Golden State, which I think it's going to be six more games. But you have plenty of opportunity, plenty of ground to make up. I mean, you could lose the next game and still be fine and be able to claw back right back into the series. So ultimately, I think this Warriors team is perfectly fine in a great position. I mean, they're they're insane in a lot of different ways. But in the next game, all they really have to do to beat this Celtics team and have a fish and have a really good game is have Curry knockdown threes, but also have another guy that's willing to pick up the slack when he starts to get tired and not be able to play the style of basketball he wants to play. Because when his shooting dried up and he got too tired to finish out the game because of how he started out the game, we saw the, the, the Celtics went on like an 18-0 run to finish out that game. Curry could not score. No one was helping him out. And then they dropped. And then it was easy for the defense because they just had to stand in the paint and get the rebounds, and they were just kind of falling to them. And then uh, offensively, like I said, they played their style of basketball. Now, to beat that and to contradict that, they need someone like uh, Jordan Poole or Clay Thompson or uh, uh, Draymond Green, someone like that to be able to pick up the slack that's left by Curry just because one guy cannot win an NBA Finals alone. So my point in saying that is, this series is going to be, you know, a long series as far as I could tell. Um, and defensively, the Celtics are going to take some steps back and they're going to take some steps forward. We saw in the Bucks series, we saw in the Heat series where they had great games and they had terrible games. And in this game, defensively, they had a great game. Jason Tim didn't have a great game, but the other guys were able to kind of have a good enough game that the defense carried them until the offense became available and started playing. Now, as the series go along, is that what the case is going to be? Are they going to fix these up? Yes, I imagine they're going to fix these up and they're going to play a lot better. It could be an extra game. They could have to feel out of this team for a little bit longer before they get a real chance to see what they're like. But ultimately, when I was watching the game, my thought was, it doesn't matter if this is the Warriors or this is the Celtics. It doesn't matter who wins this game because it's a long journey to win and sweep a team. Regardless of the first four games, that's a lot of games and a lot of time between those games and plenty of opportunities for the team to bounce back within a certain basketball time frame. Um, and so if you really look at it, yes, it was huge that the Celtics won, but the media is professional overreactors, and they like to jump on a certain storyline. And throughout all of the different you know, post-game shows that I watched, everyone was talking about, how did this happen? Like Everyone's shocked about the fact that the Celtics even had a chance. But honestly, yes, they have a chance, and yes, they're not being shown very much love if you're the Celtics. I'm, I've, I've watched a lot of pre, pre-game shows, and I'm pretty much the only one that's picking the Celtics to win the whole thing. But at the same time, it shouldn't be too surprising that a team this good and is built as a unit as opposed to around one-star player, both these squads are built the same way. So it's going to be a chess match where they're both thinking of the next move and they're both working on the next move. And so it's going to be a you know a painful journey. There's going to be some ups and there's going to be some downs. But the halftime adjustments that the Celtics made made the game to the point where they could, you know, end up winning it. So there's tons of opportunities for fixing things up. So it's not to just, you know, pass on the, the, the Warriors now and everyone should just jump ship from them now. But at the same time, that win is important just because they needed the win in the win column. One team's going to pick it up. But it's not really going to matter who wins this series and we're not really going to see that take shape 
until probably game four, but I mean, probably game three, but most likely game four when we start to actually feel the momentum starting to push through this series. So these first few games, they're just feeling each other out. And it's going to be a little bit of what we just saw where there's a tale of two halves and teams come out swinging and the other team doesn't come out swinging. And maybe we'll see it the other way around where the Celtics come out swinging super hard and they're doing extremely well and they can't carry that on. We'll see. But honestly, it was a fun game to watch. I enjoyed seeing the Celtics climb back into the game, make it interesting, give us a great first finals game. I don't know how many people watched the Avalanche play and how many people watched this game, but I think it was a very entertaining game to watch. Um, and I think it just kind of set the tone uh, in the atmosphere of what we're going to get. Um, so that was kind of fascinating as well. But there's w- areas that the Celtics need to fix, and namely that's Jason Tatum being able to knock down his shots. I feel like we've seen this throughout. That's just the, the lifeblood of this series or the of the, of the NBA uh, playoffs where they have players have good games and players have bad games. The Warriors, they lose a couple games. It doesn't really matter. They could bounce back. They're yeah. that talented. They're that good. So, honestly, it's game one, a fun game one. And, unfortunately, we have to wait till Sunday yeah. before we get game two. Gosh, that seems so far from from now. So, um, so the Miami Heat, obviously, they were eliminated um, in that game seven. Uh, some people criticized Jimmy Butler and decision-making at the end of that last game. Um some people are now saying, you know, I think up on Um Yeah Sports, there's a, a post yeah, from Heat from HeatNation.com uh, talking about the fact that the Miami Heat will never win a title with the current core and that they should consider trading Jimmy Butler and just rebuild the whole thing. Yeah. What do you think? I think I agree with it because either they're going to have to invest in a guy like Donovan Mitchell or in one of these guys, maybe you could maybe pull a dame from the Portland Trailblazers, but you're going to have to make a really big splash to get a guy to play at the level that Jimmy Butler's playing at. Because Jimmy Butler, I watched the playoffs. I watched the entire thing for the Heat. The Heat were only good because he was playing at a top-notch level. Other than that, I mean, they went through ups and downs as a team as a whole. But especially in that Celtics series, he just came on strong and kept him in it. Mm-hmm. No matter what the game was. I mean, he brought it to that point where he got to a Game 7. And his teammates looked like nowhere to be found. I mean, the guy was giving it his absolute all. And they got eliminated. And, yes, we're going to blame that last shot on him. And I'm kind of torn about, was that a best shot? Was it not? I think he could have milked a little more time off the clock and probably would have advanced if he played just a tiny bit smarter. I think he got so excited about the opportunity to, you know, splash that down. And he deserved to take that shot. Like, I have no problem that he was the one to take that shot. And if any other player tried to take that shot at the end of the game, they would, I would have a, you know, major problem with it because Jimmy Butler's been able to do so much and he deserves to have that opportunity to have that last second shot and win the whole thing. So when you look at it, I mean, if you traded Jimmy Butler to any of these teams, you would get a lot for him. So you could definitely do enough where either through draft choices or uh, through um, through just a trade and getting players to build a, a decent franchise. But you're going to have to give him something better than Kyle Lowry, who, I mean, you get him in free agency, you pay him a bunch of money, and then he has a, has like a, has a, a, a postseason like he did. And does not do anything. He looks bad. He doesn't like. He's not playing well enough. He's not doing anything that deserves the money he got. Tyler Hero gets injured, comes back at Game Seven, doesn't get any points. Pretty much the entire game. I don't even know if he scored any points that entire time. PJ Tucker does a little bit, but not too much, especially in that Celtics series. And then Bam Adebayo might be the second best player, and that's their center. And that's not a good thing to have as your second piece, or that your second best piece besides Jimmy Butler. So. 
either surround him with pieces that are going to help him win a championship and help him in clutch moments, such as the game against the Celtics, because that could have been gone either way, because the Celtics were up and down in that series, and you could have won it had you given Jimmy Butler another piece around him that he didn't have to give it his all, and he didn't have to play the way he's been playing, because that's tiring to do. Or just get rid of him and start from scratch. So, honestly, I think I agree with the article. I think it's an interesting article. I think it's an interesting uh, take on it. Uh, I think if this, if the Heat care about their future right now and they want to win right now, investing in a, a key piece, getting being willing to get rid of everyone except Jimmy Butler and maybe Bam Adebayo, I'd probably keep him as well. But being able to get or being willing to get rid of everyone else, then you start having a conversation about this Heat's team is a legitimate contender next season. But right now, I wouldn't call him a legitimate contender at all. I, I think there's in a. I mean, I don't think they're close at all for being in that conversation. So there's a lot they need to fix. Um, and so I think it's going to be one of those things where they're going to have to fix it, and they don't have a whole lot of time to fix it. But I'm excited to see what they do. Okay, so the uh, the NBA commissioner is thinking about shortening the season. Is the season too long in the NBA? <laughs> it's long for sure, but is it too long? I don't. I don't know. I think everything in the NBA has like been prolonged to these lengths that are super long. I personally like the the length of an NBA season because it gives teams like the Celtics opportunities to have a terrible first half and a great second half, and now they're in the NBA Finals, talking about even getting the crown. So there's that opportunity in a particular season to have plenty of wins and plenty of losses and plenty of opportunities to see what you have as a group and as a team and as a unit, what you are, how your coaching staff is, how the players are, which players should be there, which players should be the G League, all that stuff. So they have plenty of opportunities to see all that. So do I like that fact factor of it? Yeah, I think that's a nice factor. I like how it does a great job of bridging the gap from what football season ends to what football season begins. That's a great uh Great thing for NFL fans. It gives that little sport, which is fun to watch. Um, cutting it from 86, I think it's 86 games. How how much would you cut it? Would you cut it by half? Would you cut it by more than half? Would you cut it by, you know, a few games? How much would you cut it by? That's going to uh, be a factor, uh, a lot as well of it. Honestly, I think either way, I think I'd be happy with it. Uh, I think, honestly, I think they should keep it the way it is. Because it's been working just fine for all these years. There's been no problem with it. I mean, the regular season is when you get a very good understanding of all the, who these teams are, how they're playing. Games are so exciting game to game. And there's plenty of opportunities to have great matchups happen every single week that it doesn't seem like it's that big a deal. Like, if you had that many games in the NFL season, you can't match up great matchups every single week because bad teams are going to be playing bad teams. And, yes, there's a certain amount of that in the NBA as well, but most of these teams are good and they're exciting and they're good to watch, especially in the regular season play. So when you have good players kind of sitting there, I believe it's a good thing to have a longer season because it's a entertaining biggest uh, teams opportunity to see who they are as a unit before the postseason begins. And, you know, like I mentioned, it's a good little gap uh, or <laughs> bridge between seasons and off seasons and whatnot. So honestly, I don't know what they're gonna do. I think a lot of NBA fans. I saw uh, a couple of uh, anal- or a couple guys on talk radio talk about how they don't want that to happen. I-, I think I'm more impartial about it, but I think I lean probably more to the fact that they should not shorten the season. Okay. Well, I hope they don't shorten it. I agree. I like I like lots of games. Um, why do you dislike uh, seven game series? You gotta love seven game series. 
Come on. I think game it's a, sevens. It's a problem. It's a Why? Problem because think about the NFL season, right? And this is one of the only leagues that has just one game in it. The World Series is three. Hockey's three. Basketball. Is, no, World or, sorry, Series seven, is seven, like seven, seven. yeah. Everything is seven. I yeah, mean, it's seven. Three. <laughs> seven. Um, and in, in the Super Bowl, it's the exact same regular season schedule where each team plays. Uh, mostly in their conference, but sometimes out of their conference and mostly in their division. It's the same way. But then when you get to the playoffs, you work your way through and you get to the Super Bowl. It's one game. It's one opportunity. And when you get into a situation like in the NBA, like I just talked about at the beginning of the show, where I said this, uh, this game's not over and game one means pretty much nothing. Game two pretty much means nothing, especially in this finals because every team has an opportunity to feel each other out. It shouldn't be a situation where game one doesn't matter and and game two doesn't matter, but you can still sweep with those, you know, three or four games. And that's when things start to really matter. It should be the first game you get into it. The hype should be, you know, big, and like the Super Bowl is. And each team, even though they haven't played each other maybe all that much during a season, it doesn't matter. But that's the way schedules have been created. Is to it, Schedules are lent to the fact that there should be one game where the two teams are facing each other, might not have a whole lot of experience against each other, but they're going to go out, they're going to watch film, they're going to practice, they're going to put a game game plan together, and they're going to execute that game plan to the best of their ability, and they're going to play their hearts out, right? And then if you look at the finals last or last night, you got a situation where they did a decent job at the beginning, and then they fell off, and then you're saying to yourself, oh, that doesn't matter because, you know, they've, they've got fallback games, plenty of them. So, you know, just grab one here, grab one here, grab one here. Oh, we're in a game seven. Now it matters, right? So I think if you look at it, it, it kind of just injures the integrity of the whole thing. Because as a fan, I want my team to bring it every single night. Um, I still believe that during a, a during you know playoff schedule, I don't think it's bad to have Game Seven because that's going to boost who you are as a team. But once you get to the final and that's World Championship stuff, that's getting the crown to say that you're the best basketball team, period, in the entire world. I think at, at that point, you kind of have to be like, this is a one game thing. There's not any, you know, repeats or second chances or, you know, another opportunity to, you know, okay, I messed up. I'm just going to fall back on the extra game coming back, coming on Sunday in our case. There should be the one opportunity because, A, that generates the most hype. Most teams are excited. Everyone's nervous for their team because they don't know exactly what to expect. They know that they have one opportunity. I mean, just think about it. Imagine that rams Bengals Super Bowl that was within three points the Ram or the Bengals are just like, oh, it doesn't matter. We have another, you know, five games coming up after this where we have an opportunity to fix the little mistakes or the overthrows or the, you know, the sacks or the, the misprotections. That's not even a big deal because we have all these other opportunities to come back and beat this Rams team. And then at that point, it's just like it doesn't it doesn't feel like it has the same implications at that point. The the middle games, while they're exciting, until you get to that third or fourth game where it actually matters. Most people are going to be like, okay, that's fine. They won that game. That's great. Everyone's excited. But they know that in the next game, everything could change. The ties are going to change. The media is just going to, you know, revamp the story to what they, what is, what it should be like. And so I think, I just think it's a problem to keep doing that, especially for the finals. I think every single championship game, no matter what it is, should be one game because one game <laughs> gives you zero opportunities for mistakes gives the best version of your team possible and if you want to do it where there's seven games and, and this is a way to shorten it up a little bit is give them some more cross talk across uh, conference games giving them opportunities to see each other a little bit more just a tap it more maybe one or two more per season or something like that just to give that extra boost but there's something kind of special about 
the the Rams and the Bengals playing when they don't play all that often and you might get one opportunity per season where you kind of get a basic understanding of the two teams but you don't know what they're going to put on the field and you got to watch games back and you got to watch the last game that they played to get a better understanding of who they are they're watching the film they're trying to get there and they go on the field and they execute on it and they win that game that's when it kind of feels like that's the most hype that's when it's truly special to watch as a fan as a player there's something special about that first victory but to say that you could just fall back and say okay we lost that game. Doesn't matter. Plenty of other ones. That's fine and all, and that's fine and good. Just doesn't seem like the type of thing that sports should be. So I personally, the more I think about it, and the more I watch these games, especially hockey, especially basketball, some uh, baseball. I've not watched too much of that, but when I do, I just feel like I, I really don't end up caring unless it's my team, unless this is the team that I'm following, and I can actually, you know, have some vested interest in them. I don't usually care about the first game or the second game. And I think that's probably shared with people around, you know, around these different leagues because they know what's at stake and what could come and what's going to happen. So it, I think it just hurts the integrity of the final a little bit uh, to try to get new viewership in there. So honestly, I think I've changed my perspective on game sevens to the point where now I feel like this should be a one game thing, one opportunity, play your best, you get eliminated. You do, you do, you don't, you don't. You gave your best, you did your best, and everyone was out there trying their best because they know this is an elimination game as opposed to only one game or two games in an elimination game. So that's my problem with Game 7s and the way they are right now. Okay, so Debo is staying with the 49ers. Yep. Yeah. John Lynch has said that uh, he's not traded and it would be stupid of him to trade him. Okay. So we're kind of opening up. Uh, that's kind of closed now. Um, I also heard that Aaron Rodgers said at the match that uh, – He's contemplating retirement again. So not for this upcoming season. Not for this upcoming. Didn't season. Didn't he just sign like a three-year, four-year deal? I think he just signed it, but he's kept. He's now complaining about it again. Oh boy! Like he was last season. So that's gonna be fun to hear he's, about. He's such a grumpy guy. I'm not sometimes. gonna talk about that too much on the podcast because I feel like we already. You know, I feel like man about that yeah. to death last year. Feel that way. But uh, he's saying it again. So if you're unaware. Okay. You'll see us with headlines about that. All right, there we go. Okay, it's Friday. Before we get out of here, uh, and we've got a lot going on, so we got what the the, the Lightning and Rangers are playing tonight in yep. the NHL uh, playoffs. We've got Game 2 on, on Sunday. Sunday. Um, I'm sure there's more hockey going on this weekend as well. So lots happening in the sports world. But before we go and get on to our weekend, I need a trivia question because it's Friday. All right. This one's going to be one you have to know because well it'll be the one i miss because i've been i've been like on a roll uh with my guesses this is a team <laughs> specific one okay and this is to do with the nba finals because i think that's fitting all right the celtics are in the finals right now okay when was the last time that they won an nba finals can i give you a decade what no I got to give you a year? A year. Can I have three choices, please? No, there's not three choices. Why can't I have three choices? There's not three choices of when they went to the NBA Finals. You can make up two of them, and then one of them is the actual answer. Okay, I'll make up two. <laughs> uh, 2000? Okay. 2005? Okay. 2008, 2008 or 2010? So my choices are again. 2000, 2005, 2008, or 2010? 2000. Incorrect. Okay. 2008. Okay. There you go. I missed it. 2008. Mm-hmm. Last time the Celtics won the finals. There you go. All right. Listeners, thank you for listening. We appreciate you. Thanks for riding along. Subscribe if you haven't. Share us with your friends if you haven't. 
umyeahsports.com up frequently. Get your latest sports news and information between podcasts. Otherwise, we will see you, or actually talk to you, on Monday. See ya. God bless. Thank you.